to three peeps in a podcast um hot on the heels of a robin's reunited episode which was published earlier today which features jamie mccomb and alex russell two ex bristol city players who we reunited for a chat about the promotion to the championship season in 2006 2007 so this is the regular show and the, the, the bonus show and the robin's reunited were actually born out of lockdown um, so the, the 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 regular show that we, you're listening to now started uh, back in 2015, um, and it wasn't until lockdown came along that uh, Robbins reunited and the bonus show were actually um, you know came about, and it was because of of lockdown and not being able to go to the games that we started the bonus show talking about our post match reaction to the games, the Bristol City matches. Um, and then Robin's reunited. It was something that um, I've been wanting to do with with my friend Joe Burnell, who's also an ex footballer uh, for Bristol City. Um, and it was something that we wanted to do. So that was born as well in lockdown using Zoom. It's uh, it's opened up lots of new opportunities. I can't wait to do the podcast in person again at some point soon. Um, but a few weeks ago, we had on the the boys from Jolly Hog, um, who are in Winterbourne Down. Um, and we we heard all about the story and you know how that grew over time. And one thing that they recommended in the recommendation section at the end was lockdown loaves in Winterbourne Down. Um, and I'm I'm pleased to say that we've got Hannah from from lockdown loaves with us today. Hannah, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Well, I'm not too bad, but you've moved house today, so I can't believe you're coming on the podcast <laughs> on this day. But um, thank you very much for coming on. How's the move gone? It was good. It was pretty smooth. I have like a really handy brother that helps me with literally everything. So he was, he was awesome today. Wow, brilliant. So have you moved far? Are you still in the Winterbourne Down area? No, I'm a little bit out, actually. I'm kind of like trying to get a space where I'm a little bit more disconnected from work when I'm not there. Right. Um, I'm in Longwell Green now, so it's not too far, but like it's not. Well, that's um, that's actually where I grew up in Longwell Green. Um, not going to write addresses, but uh, I, I grew up very near the, the primary school. Um, and yeah, didn't move out of out of Longmore Green slash Bars Court, where I moved my first house with my wife till yeah, a good two, eight years ago. So I'm I'm a, a Longwell Grenian is the oh, term. Very nice. And I do well, like it. It's very it's very nice. I'm I'm enjoying it so far. Welcome <laughs> to Longwell Green. <laughs> um, so let's talk lockdown loaves. Obviously, we went into lockdown, plunged into lockdown in March 2020. I've still got the letter from uh, from Boris Johnson on my fridge as a as a reminder. I think that's something that uh, is quite important to to, to remember. Um, but March 2020, we went into lockdown. Um, before that date, what were you doing? What was your sort of um, profession, so to speak? Well, I was actually in London. I was in London for about eight years-ish. Um, I was a pastry chef in different restaurants. Um, I kind of was mainly at like, restaurants in East London and um, was where I was when I left. Um, and it was awesome. I loved every second of it. Um, but I did always want, like the end goal was always to move back to Bristol. Um, and I don't think I would have done it so soon if it weren't for lockdown, but it kind of like pushed me off a cliff, so to speak. Um, mm. 
I was working at a restaurant called Allegra, which was a pretty new opening um, in Stratford in East London. Um, my head chef, Patrick Powell, he was, I was actually working with him at the Chiltern Firehouse and he asked me to come over. Um, and it was great. Um, we'd only, I think we'd only been open six months before lockdown hit, which was crazy. Um, I'd been working with them six months pre-opening as well. Um, just kind of getting everything ready. Um, and then obviously people started panicking pretty fast. Um, I think it was around like February. We realized that something was like really not um, kind of a foot and people just stopped eating out. It was really strange. Um, the restaurant was already like, and obviously it was very new. So it was, we're trying to get people to come already, but with coronavirus becoming such like a high risk thing at the time it was just um it was getting really dire and very early on redundancies were being spoken about um which was obviously I think everyone in the industry went into massive panic um with regards to like how long this was going to last um or if the government were going to put anything in place um so I think the majority of the staff at the restaurant I was working at were made redundant pretty immediately and then two days later, Boris announced the furlough scheme. So everyone kind of came back on board and went on the furlough scheme, which was such a lifesaver for so many people. Um, because that all happened so quickly, I was, I kind of rushed home to Bristol um, because there was already talks of kind of London being locked down. Um, and I didn't want to be stuck there at a time mm. like that. It was just, it was all a bit scary. Um, so I came back moved back in with my parents <laughs> which was very interesting um and just was chilling for a bit it was really weird um but I'm very much someone that has to be like constantly doing something mm. so it drove me a little bit mad I'm um, sure I'm sure <laughs> but um so you you managed to, to to make your way back to Bristol and and just pausing there for a minute and looking backwards baking um I assume it's been a big part of your life all your life when did you get into it was it was it parents or grandparents that got you into it or you know what there's no actual like fundamental roots that it came from like a lot of people have got obviously like a grandparent with like bacon with them or something like this but yeah. there was I... nothing like dramatic like that in my childhood that I can like remember I, I used to bake like you know like kids bake cupcakes and stuff like that but there was nothing like there wasn't a key focus on that throughout my childhood it was very much like when I'd left high school um I actually went to the same high school I think they mentioned it as the guys from the Jolly Hog um and I was like okay I think I want to be a chef I did a summer job mm. um in a restaurant and I was just waiting on tables and stuff and did a couple of days like helping them out in the kitchen and I was like I could do this 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 is fun like I don't want to be sat behind a desk um and then found a college course that was like paid and was, it was kind of like an internship apprenticeship kind of thing mm -hmm. um, in Bournemouth, um, which I took straight out of school. Um, and they then sent me to London uh, to work in a restaurant like as an apprentice, uh, which was great. Wow. Well, um, obviously bacon's been, has exploded in the last sort of 10 years with the Great British Bake Off and, and programmes like that. Um, is that something you watch and enjoy watching or, or do you get too critical of the people doing it? 
So I love watching um, like the, the Great British Bake Off, like the classic and the Junior Bake Off has been amazing, especially this year. It's just so, so like humbling to watch the little kids baking and stuff. It's great. Um, I actually was on Bake Off of Professionals three years ago, I think. Oh, wow. Um, which went terribly badly. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> do, we, um, do we do we want to talk about that and why why it went so badly? I tried to avoid talking about it at all costs, <laughs> but no, it was a great experience. I was very young um, and very naive. Right? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's go on TV. It'll be great. And it was just so much more hard work than I thought it was going to be. Um, and I think I didn't have a massive amount of support that I needed in order to do well at the time. Um, right. But it was awesome. I loved it. It was, it was very fun. I try to not watch that because it gives me massive stress. <laughs> yeah. So so obviously because you had a profession in baking, you weren't able to go on the Great British Bake Off. And... Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. You should have you just, um, you know. I could have faked it. Yeah. Changed your name. <laughs> maybe, you know, changed your appearance or something and uh, got on the on the Great British Bake Off. There's a... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Still time. Um, who who was it? The was it Bryony from Bristol who went on and did well on Great Yeah, Bristol I think Golf. so. Um, to be honest, I'm terrible with the names of the like adult Bake Off. Right. Okay. Like, it's it's the junior one for me. I'm hooked. I'm hooked. Wow. One. Yeah. We okay. actually had Robbie, who's a Bristol lad. He did this year's Junior Bake Off, and he comes and helps us out at the bakery. Wow. Um, and he is just the most amazing little character I've ever met. Like, awesome. he's like an adult in a child's body. It's mad. How old is he? Um, oh god, I think he's fourteen, maybe thirteen, wow. fourteen. Okay. Yeah, um, he's just best, now. And the best thing is, you don't have to pay him because he's underage. So, well, I try, you know, I try and prepare. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so. Um, we've we've we found that you've got no roots um in terms of no the parents or your grandparents didn't didn't get you started in, in <laughs> um but obviously it's something that you you grew a passion for um so let's talk about lockdown loaves now so obviously lockdown in march 2020 2020 um and when and where did the concept come from <laughs> Oh blimey, there's a dog. Sorry. Your dog get your dog's getting used to his new surroundings. Yeah, literally. So <laughs> um sorry about that. That's all right. Um, <laughs> it all, all adds to the experience. <laughs> um yeah, so yeah. so lockdown lives what sort of where I know you you said that you always want to be doing something. Um yeah. and you know, starting your own business is something that you thought about doing and this sort of forced your hand a little bit. So when did it sort of when did it start and where did the idea come from? So I always like end goal was always from like I always wanted my own bakery. I always wanted to have something that was like mine I could do with it and be free how I wanted to be um within within work. Um it wasn't until lockdown that I was kind of forced to do I always my dad kept trying to push me to do it early and I was like, I'm too young, I'm too young. I just want to enjoy, learn and just, you know, have a great time. And he was always, always pestering me. Um, so when I came home from, because, from London because of coronavirus, um, I started baking every day just to kind of keep going. Like I didn't, I had a massive fear of 
having all of this time out of work and not knowing what I was doing when I was going back. Um, like it's, it's kind of like riding a bike, but at the same time, I didn't want to get rusty and then not know what I was doing. It, it was it was super frustrating. So I was baking every day. Um, my parents were just going mental at me because I was there was so much bread. <laughs> <laughs> I literally had sourdough coming out of my ears. I think everyone did at that point, though. It was such a craze. Um, and well, then, wasn't there a shortage of, of flour yeah, as well? Because I remember I, I managed to get some from somewhere and I, I, a friend of mine said, oh, where, God, where'd you get that? You know, and I didn't, I didn't realize there was a, a shortage in, until he said, but um, how did you manage with that? So I was actually really lucky. So I called up one of the guys that works at, oh, what's it called? Uh, one of Josh, uh, Pony and Trap. Yep. Um, one of the chefs at the Pony and Trap, I sent him a message and was like, look, I am in a bind. I'm bored out of my brains. I was like, can you help me out? Do you know a supplier? Because a lot of the restaurant suppliers had actually started doing home deliveries because they were out of work as well themselves. They had no, they had all this produce that and no one to deliver it to anymore because all the restaurants were closed. Um, so he was like, yeah, contact a company called Le Chasse, who I still use now. Um, and they'll, they'll help you out. They've started doing home deliveries. I managed to get like massive sacks of flour delivered to my house. Wow. Like, the best thing ever. Um, and yeah, I just started baking loads. Um, and my dad one day was was just like, okay, you need to start doing something with all this food because I can't keep eating it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but you don't have to eat it. Like, and he's like, yeah, but if it's here, I do have to eat it. Yeah. So I started like giving it to neighbors um, and then it got a bit excessive. Um, and so I, I thought like, I'll just start posting it on, you know, like the social groups on, social, yeah. on Facebook and things like this, um, which there seemed to be like a lot of in Bristol. I didn't realize how much of a thing it was. Oh yeah. Um, Hundreds. Yeah. So I just started getting orders from random strangers in Bristol um, and there was no limit, which was a bit mental looking back. Um, I just did it all over Bristol and would bake everything first thing in the morning and then deliver it all myself wow. all over the city, um, which was great at, at the start when it was yeah. like five people a day or something. And then within three weeks, I think, how many, I think I had 150 return customers or something. Right. So how did that, how did that grow? Was it literally just the power of social media word, word of mouth? 100%. I started up an Instagram page, um, which is lockdown lives Bristol. And it just went crazy. People were just going mad for it. I think a lot of people had nothing to focus on. Um, and everyone was eaten. Like literally everyone just wanted something good out of a really dark time. And yeah. And then it just took off. I, I do not know how it happened to be quite honest with you. <laughs> um, well, you, you know, we, we, we have to focus on the positives of lockdown and obviously this is definitely one of them. So at what point did you, you, you know, over three weeks you had your 150 returning customers at what point did you think, or did your mum and dad say to you, you need a premises? <laughs> um it was pretty early on um and it you know what before I even 100% committed to doing deliveries I did pull my dad aside and was like okay I'm going to do this I just want to make because it was his kitchen you know it was his mm. house and I was like I just want to make sure that you're okay with me doing it if you're not then say now and I won't 
it, that'll be it. That'll be the end of it. Um, and he was like, no, you know, it's great, but you really need to think about what you're going to do if you do get loads of orders. Like, where do you go from there? Because it was really difficult to predict that it was going to go so crazy because I didn't want to go and get a premises and then it not and yeah. just have this burden. Um, but it was, I think it was probably about eight on the eight week mark of doing deliveries that we were like, okay, we need to start looking for somewhere because this mm. is getting out of hand. Um, but it was, it was really difficult to find somewhere. I initially just wanted a commercial kitchen space. I didn't want a shop front or anything like that. I just wanted to continue with the deliveries um, because we just didn't know what was going to happen with the restrictions. Mm. Um, and there was just nothing of the scale that I needed for the price that I could afford at that time um, until we literally were driving up past where we went to school. Um, I think it was just a coincidence one night. We were just up in, in Winterbourne. Um, my dad lives just down the road in French um, and the shop that used to be the bakery in Winterbourne was just completely empty. Um, and I was like, wait, that was, that was a bakery, surely. And he was, he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember obviously going in there from school um, and it had been empty for about three months. And the, there was obviously loads of like, there was two let signs, but they'd been torn off the window and they were on the floor and I could just about see the phone number on them. So I called the guy and was like, hi, um, I'm really interested in, you know, speaking to you about what the let agreement is on, on this property. He was like, I'm really sorry, but it's already been taken. Uh. Um, so we were gutted. And then three weeks later, my phone rings. We were in this dive of a commercial kitchen that we were viewing. It was so grotty. And my phone rings and it was the guy. And he was like, hi, I just wanted to, to know if you're still interested because of coronavirus, this business has pulled out. Um, and it turns out he had so many people interested in the premises but he didn't want to give it to anyone it was really strange um he had like greg's um i think he said like hobbs bakery like loads of like kind of chain places yeah. were trying to get it and he was like i just want it to be like a really nice addition to the community i just want it to be like an independent that wants to do something good and so he said no to all of them and gave it to me wow <laughs> Well, that's awesome, isn't it? Because, you know, it is, it is a, a local local business, someone who grew up in the area. Yeah. It's a, it's a much better story. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's done us a massive favour as well. You know, like people love a great sort of PR story, so to speak. Um, and that they love, like, that's what they tune into. Like when they come, they're just asking me, like, how did this happen? Like with the yeah. name as well. Um people are constantly asking us like how it came about which is great yeah brilliant um so when when did you open the store or did you not open it straight away did you bake there for a while and, and then open it later well we actually it was in a really bad state when we took it on um more so than we actually thought it was it was very much a we got the keys and then started finding problems we didn't know were there right um so it took us a solid four months um to right. renovate uh which was it was kind of nice like it was like during the bulk period of the full lockdown um the first one uh so me my dad and my brother um we just did it all ourselves I was there like baking at home delivering through the day and then I was just at the shop all night just 
like doing things that I thought I knew how to do and then getting my brother to fix it. <laughs> um, Sounds like me with DIY. <laughs> literally. Uh, <laughs> you don't realize how much you don't know until you start doing something and it goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do a job and it leads to another job for somebody else. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> But so four four months renovation period, and as you say, during during lockdown, um, you know, I don't. It, it's probably not that easy to get tradesmen at that point either. So, um, fair fair play to you for um for persevering with that, and yeah, yeah. kept you busy, kept kept your your dad and your brother busy by the sounds of it as well. I think um, they hate me now. <laughs> they don't want to come to the shop ever again. They're like, that's it, we're done. Yeah, you can deliver my bread. Thank you. um so so four months so we talk in march april may june july time you opened i think it was about september i think it was the end of september um uh it was yeah it's it's been a really weird time because we have this is the first uh kind of couple of weeks just gone that restrictions have been lifted well you can have people in i guess yeah 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 um it's been really strange but um so when you opened in September, was it sort of come to the door and do takeaway only or? Yeah, we were like, everyone was still coming in and kind of collecting the stuff like a, like a shop. Um, I think we were pretty lucky in the sense that because we served like bread and food and stuff like that, it was, oh, yeah. was an essential, um, an essential store, which was, we were so lucky. Um, mm. if, if we'd have then been ready to open and then be told we had to shut, it would have been a completely different story um but yeah it, it's it's been it's been nice um at first it was like a roller coaster we opened the doors and I was just doing deliveries I didn't really like I baked a few extra bits just in case like people wandered mm. in um we still had no shop front I think I was open for like two months without a shop front it was like the old brown tiles from like the original bakery what do you mean on the on the sign at the at the front of the yeah like the whole when we took the redland bakery which was where what was there before yeah. we took all of their signage off and it was just like old um like brown tiles oh, right. the the shop. it was so weird um <laughs> and there was no branding there was nothing for a right. solid two months right. i don't know how people knew that we were out. like it must have been social media yeah um and week after week we were just doubling numbers it was crazy I remember the first guy that came in and asked to buy something I was like we're not actually open but we've got some spare stuff if you want it because we're doing (laughs) deliveries and I literally had to get change like out of my pocket because I didn't even think about a till um but yeah it, it just every week the numbers doubled we had to bake more on Saturdays we had like queues you know where the co-op is like around the corner there was like mm. queues around the corner by the co-op wow and, we and that just- and, and queues are a great advertising point aren't yeah. they yeah because you, you you go to a street market like you know some of the ones in london and you see a massive queue and you think right they're really good yeah i'm gonna get in that queue whereas whereas there's a <laughs> one place where no one's done you think well yeah. i'm not eating there yeah absolutely. so yeah great great for marketing yeah, it was it was it was wild, and we didn't even realize because it's so kind of closed off when you're in the shop. You don't know what's going on outside, and we're too busy to even think about it. Mm. It was until like one of my friends came in and was like, "Do you know how long the queue is?" And I was like, "What do you mean? There's 
not queue. And I look around the corner and there's just people lined up. It was well, crazy. You can't, you can't go out and look at the queue when you've got a queue, can you? I know, I know. It's mad. But um, I hope someone yeah. took some pictures for you, though. Yes, we've definitely documented a good amount of things. It was funny, actually. We've, we've just started doing, um, like, wholesale deliveries. And I got a picture of, like, when we were doing the deliveries from home in my boot of my mini. <laughs> In, co- in comparison to like the hundred loaves in the back of the car now, which is just, wow. yeah, it's wild. So let's talk about some of the products then. So obviously bread is, is I guess, how it started. Um, is it different types of bread? You know, what's your, what's your range and what's your top seller? Yeah, so we are very like big on sourdough. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite things to eat. I know like, a lot of people like try to get it wherever they can um so we do like a standard sourdough loaf um we do like a multi-seeded we start doing rye sourdoughs um and we're kind of changing it quite regularly like doing some new bits and bobs like here and there seeing what people like um we also do like a white and a wholemeal sandwich loaf just for like you know the, the basic um loaves that people want um we also do like irish soda breads which have been super popular um the catchers on the weekends which everyone loves for have, you, have you ventured into gluten-free bread yet i've tried i've really tried but trying to keep it separate so i actually right, okay. um was diagnosed celiac oh wow okay yeah <laughs> um which is like, i'm still going through the testing phase and stuff like that um but the doctors are pretty certain that i am celiac um right. So I did really try and focus on trying to do some gluten-free products and keep it separate. But the, I didn't fully understand until they were telling me that I might be, how severe it can be if it's not kept completely separate to gluten products. Got it. Um, so yeah, trying to figure that out has been a bit difficult, but we'll get there. Well, you're you're only you've only been open what six months, so uh, yeah. maybe yeah, maybe six nine months now. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's gluten. Like my my wife hasn't tested for you know gluten free, but she's on a gluten free diet, and it seems yeah. to be working for her. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's one of those ones where it seems to be on the rise in terms of you know pizza restaurants offering a gluten-free base and having a gluten-free menu when you go to places so um yeah it's definitely something that's uh that's that's becoming more of a thing um over time so so you've you've spoken about the bread um so on a on a morning your your menu if you like is different to your afternoon so on a morning you've got your breads your croissants uh which are absolutely fantastic by the way um I, don't, I didn't even get to the car before I'd eaten the croissant. Um, and this amazing biscotti invention. Talk us through what that is and where that idea came from. So it's basically, it's kind of like a babka, um, which is... I don't know what that means. I think it's a traditional Jewish bread. Okay. Um, I say I think because I don't want to say something that's wrong and then people, you know, like knock right. me down and be like, you're wrong, <laughs> are you saying this? What are you talking about? <laughs> Literally. Um, but yeah, it's it's traditionally a brioche dough um, and it's kind of folded together, like almost plaited with different ingredients, traditionally like, you know. Okay, like- I'm going to read out a babka, the description from Google now. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. A babka is a sweet braided bread or cake which originated in the Jewish communities 
so you're right of <laughs> poland and ukraine it is popular in israel and winterborne down <laughs> <laughs> yeah that bit up, but uh, <laughs> yeah carry on um so i kind of i loved i tested it out during the first lockdown out of boredom um and then when we were opening the shop i was like okay what are people mad for at the moment and biscoff is way up there with what people are going crazy for um and then we also had a bit of an issue with i'm massive on keeping waste to an absolute minimum um and we had a lot of like croissant off cuts when we're tri- like to make the the croissants perfect we trim mm. all the edges up and stuff like that when we're making your, your, your croissants are like diamond shaped aren't they yeah yeah um we kind of they're like short and chunky yeah <laughs> um but we we get a lot of trim just trying to get that shape right um and i hated the thought of having to throw anything away so we started using the croissant dough trims to create the babkas right. um, rather than make a fresh like brioche dough um we, we use the croissant dough and it is such another level of crispiness. Mm. I love it. Um, we also do them individually rather than in a loaf just so they stay as fresh as possible. Um, and yeah. and go, go back to the Biscoff thing because I hadn't heard the term Biscoff until I came into lockdown loaves. So, and you say people are going wild for it. So just reverse back on that a little bit. What What is it? So it's like, did you, do you ever remember going to like an old school coffee shop and getting those little Lotus biscuits? With yes. Like the red logo. Yes. Well, which are, which are, I think they're dairy free, aren't they? They're vegan. They're vegan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they made it into this like unbelievable spread, which is the most indulgent thing ever. And people have gone wild for it. Like, so you literally, it's just literally ground down biscuits. Yeah, I guess so. Like I, I, I can't. I couldn't tell you how they make it, but it's essentially like a Nutella but made with biscoff rather than chocolate. Wow. Um, and yeah, it's it's well tasty. It is absolutely <laughs> is. Yeah, that was um that was obviously I've only been on a morning a couple of times, and I had I had that the croissant, the coffee, which your coffee is great. I don't know if oh, you, yeah. you what blend you use or what, but um, local boys triple co roast. Okay, shout yeah, out to those boys. Yeah, they're amazing. They're in Stokescroft. Um, and they're, they're, yeah, they're awesome. They're exactly like us. <laughs> Brilliant. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. Um, and and I had um, a bacon and egg sandwich as well. So you've got a, a full offering going on there. Um, so let's, let's go to midday now. What happens at midday? All the, all the cakes come out to play. Yeah, so it kind of changes every day what we're doing and we do everything very seasonally so it all depends kind of what we can get our hands on with regards to like fruit and stuff like that um but midday we generally have like donuts coming out which are pretty mega people have been going pretty nuts for those as well um we change out the fillings as well so we actually do a biscoff donut too which is pretty heavy (laughs) um uh chocolate custard um We've been doing like a, a lemon meringue where we like fill them with lemon curd, top it off with like a toasted like marshmallow meringue kind of thing, which has been epic. Um, in the winter, the rhubarb and custard went down a tree for people. They loved those. Wow. Well, I'm a big custard fan. Um, so literally, so I, I was in St. Ives um, last week and 
obviously there's quite a few bakeries down there. So St. Ives Bakery did, uh, it was called a cruffin and it was a muffin like a donut as well, but mm. infused with jam and custard. And it was huge as well. So, I mean, the first day, obviously the first day of the holiday, everyone goes mad and drinks loads and gets sunburnt, which I did both of and um and eat a lot so i uh, i ate one of these cruffins i had one again about three days later which i cut in half and and shared with my dad but um yeah absolutely absolutely loved lush and it was it was purely the fact that the custard was oozing out the top yeah. that made me buy it yeah. um so I yeah like that, anything with lots of butter sugar and custard is just a sure win absolutely <laughs> absolutely but but my my favorite pastry if you like is a custard slice have you ever taken on a custard slice no we actually do not like a custard slice traditionally but on the weekends like saturdays we're trying to do it through the week as well um it's just we're trying to hire more people at the moment but saturdays we go hard on tarts um so we do like egg custard tarts which are if i say say myself insane um and they just fly off the shelves like we cannot make enough of them um we also do like salted caramel tarts lemon meringue pies basque cheesecakes um all bits like that on the weekends just like proper treats and okay. people love them so when are you going to make me custard slice then uh come saturday <laughs> i'll save you some saturday <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay yeah no i um i am a big custard slice fan um so i'll be looking forward looking forward to that um so obviously you're you're still at the start of your journey um relatively at the start is is this something that is gonna you know three five years is it something you're gonna carry on with are you looking to expand i don't know what how far along you thought to be honest yeah so to be honest with you my perspective on it changes every week because there's no two weeks that have been the same so far um we've just as i said started uh doing wholesale to like local places um we stock all of our breads and like breakfast pastries at sunday general in clifton village um, okay. tuesday to saturday um mainly because that's you know when when the bakery is open and functioning mm. um and people have been pretty obsessed like they're upping the numbers every week which is amazing um and we want to try and you know branch out and supply a lot of other people the demand has been crazy for wholesale um but i don't want to overdo it and you know not be able to fulfill what people want yeah um so it's a very gradual process everything kind of has been like we're trying to get some more like transport like vans and things like that to do deliveries with um, I'd love to do um, like a mobile unit, uh, mm-hmm. kind of like have. I feel like parks in Bristol are massively lacking on coffee trucks and stuff. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, so um, well, we uh, early on in lockdown, uh, I had Coffee Blue on. I don't know if you've heard of those guys, but um, basically, it's a van that drives around. The back comes up, and it's a barista machine in the back. So they they come they come they started coming to my house on a Monday at three o'clock and now it's monday wednesday and friday and like the whole, awesome. all the neighbors come out um and yeah it's uh it's a bit of a it's a bit of a social thing as well yeah. i mean yeah. that's the the need for that social thing with the pubs open you know is obviously not as uh, as as high but we still need coffee um so yeah that's that's something that works really well yeah. um but obviously if you add into that some loaves and cakes and oh. 
etc then uh yeah a, a big win yeah, absolutely um, someone at the door no, it's just, I think it's literally birds. Oh, um, right. Barking at the birds. That's all right. Sorry, they're so naughty. But as you can probably tell, I do a lot of dog walks. Ah, <laughs> um, is, it, is it time yeah. to walk the dog? No, I literally took them out just before this, just in case. But <laughs> that is going back to like the park coffee situation. Yeah. I walk them in all sorts of different locations and there's nothing around like where I do. So yeah, okay. so, yeah. diversify. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, well, it's been great to, to hear hear the story um, of Lockdown Loaves. Great to hear positive stories. Fantastic to hear you're doing so well um i i can definitely vouch for the for the breakfast menu and i shall i shall give an update um after i come i'm sure for uh for some for some donuts and tarts etc um very very soon but um before i let you go let's do recommendations who do who do you want to recommend or what do you want to recommend in terms of tv shows um restaurants anything you want to talk about oh um Restaurants for sure. I cannot wait to go to Marmo, um, which is in town. I, I can't think what the street is now. Okay. But, um, not heard of that one. Is I, it new? To, I think it's not old, <laughs> but it's not brand new kind of thing. Marmo um, Bristol. Big... Here we go. Um, yeah. doo -doo -doo -doo. Doesn't say where it is. Just off the centre of Bristol. Yeah, but they've, I mean, they were open obviously pre-lockdown, but they've been closed throughout. Um, they actually did like a takeaway. Um, it was like a chicken night, I think. It was like fried chicken and I got it with my family and it was insane. Um, but their stuff that they're doing just looks awesome. Like everything that I love in a restaurant. So I can't wait to go and check them out. Okay. Um, no, look forward to, yeah, I'll, I'll give, them, give those guys a look out as well. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to see where it is. Oh, 31 Baldwin Street. Mm. Okay, nice. All right. Yeah. Good shape. And uh, obviously, you probably haven't had time to watch TV because of all your uh, renovations and baking and things. But uh, <laughs> is, there, is there something you, you like to watch? Oh, do you know what? I, I'm a real sucker for Grey's Anatomy. Ah, okay. It's like an old series, but they still like. I think there's seventeen seasons in, or something. Yeah, it's on Disney Disney Plus. Yeah, actually, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I, I've never watched one episode, so uh, there we go. I'll have to I'll have to give give that a shout as well. You either love it or you hate it. Sometimes it's a little bit naff, but I I am a lover of it. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, exactly. But obviously, the Friends reunion. I don't know if you've had a chance to see that yet, but that was. I haven't uh, watched it. I'm desperate to though. Oh, that was fun. That was done really well um that was something that uh that, that i enjoyed i watched it watched it on my own and with my wife so um yeah no it was it was great but um yeah another other things uh this time with alan partridge big fan of, big fan of that the last episode yeah, was friday absolutely. I, I love alan. anything with alan partridge it's just i've uh, just managed to get some tickets for stratagem his uh tour next year so uh so definitely looking forward to that but um yeah thank thank you so much for coming on hannah and, and uh telling us the story it's a fantastic story and uh how do people get hold of you or look look out for more for you on instagram and social media and all that 
Yeah, um, our Instagram, um, Lockdown Lives Bristol, is definitely the best way to like keep up to date, up to date and stuff. Um, we've also got Facebook, which is just Lockdown Lives. Um, yeah. Our contact information and stuffs on there. But and yeah, just, just come down to Winterbourne, really. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, get on down to Winterbourne down and uh, yeah, check it out. So uh, again, thank you, Hannah, and thank you everyone for listening. And uh, we'll be back again soon. Take care.